Hi there. This is Karen. You've entered the Woman Inspired Podcast Zone. (laughs) Welcome. I'm really glad you're here. Hey, if this is your first time, welcome, welcome. If this is your second or hundredth time, so thankful that you're tuning in again. I'm really glad you're here with me. I want to make sure you know that you can find all the info you might be wondering about as far as what in the world this podcast actually is, who I am, what Woman Inspired is, just by going to womaninspired.com. You'll find social media links, podcast info, speaking engagement info, how to contact me, and links to my books, including the most recent one, which is titled Woman Stand Firm. And I'm so happy to share with you that Woman Stand Firm hit the number one top-selling new release in Christian books about 10 days ago. And it hit the number one top-selling slot on Amazon in Christian Living and Counseling. So thank you very much for everyone who purchased it. And if you did, if you wouldn't mind hopping out on Amazon and leaving a review, that would be great. All right, you're amazing. I appreciate you so much. So on to today's episode, which is titled in the waiting because (laughs) I had a series of events the past several weeks that truly got me to thinking about waiting. So I wanted to share with you what I've learned and what God showed me in the midst of all my waiting around. First off though, pod quote time. You know, I've been doing quotes every single episode well over a hundred times since I started this podcast and I think I need some sort of pod quote chime, you know, something I can do like ring a bell or hit a gong when I'm getting ready to to do a pod quote. So, you know, it's headed your way. That way you can warm up your thumbs in case you need to type it into your phone or pull out a, a, a pencil or pen so you can write it down. Anyway, I'm thinking on that. All right. All right. Here, here we go. Pod quotes. Here's one straight from Psalms 2714. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Okay, here's another one. Um, This is not from scripture, though. This is a quote from Elizabeth Elliot. Waiting on God requires the willingness to bear uncertainty, to carry within oneself the unanswered question, lifting the heart to God about it whenever it intrudes upon one's thoughts. I'm going to I'm going to say that again. Waiting on God requires the willingness to bear uncertainty, to carry with oneself the unanswered question, lifting the heart to God about it whenever it intrudes upon one's thoughts. I like that because it's talking about when we're waiting on God, we have to be able to handle the uncertainty waiting for him to answer us. And to be able to carry it inside ourselves. Wondering, the wondering, the waiting, the unanswered question. Without it intruding and totally disrupting our lives. That is faith. Don't you think that's a challenge? So, are you currently waiting for anything? Maybe answers from God? Anything at all? You know, one time I heard that people spend an enormous amount of time waiting. Just just waiting in life. You know what I mean? Just just waiting, like waiting for their number to be called at the DMV or waiting on hold while someone tries to assist them with customer service, which is probably in a foreign country in a language they don't even understand in the first place, but still they're waiting and hoping they'll get through to someone who can help them. 
waiting for someone to, to pick them up, uh, waiting in a doctor's office to see a doctor for 10 minutes so they can then be charged three times as much as they should be charged, and then waiting for something to come in the mail, waiting for someone to respond to a text message, or waiting for someone to respond to an email, or waiting on paperwork to be processed and approved from level to level above you at work so you can finally accomplish something on your to-do list that's required for you on your job. Maybe you're waiting for the right one to come along, you know, the one, and just sweep you off your feet. Do you find yourself relating to any of these things? Do you find yourself waiting a lot? Recently, I found myself uh, waiting for a very long time, several times, several days, um, for long periods of time, on the phone, just so I could reach someone in customer service at a car rental agency. See, what happened was <laughs> we were scheduled to go on vacation, but my husband, unfortunately, had a serious health issue come up. We had to cancel that vacation. And part of that vacation, of course, was airfare and hotel, a resort, a car rental, parking space at the airport, things like that. And, you know, the basics you'd take care of if you were actually going to go on a vacation further away than a couple hours in your own state because you usually have to take care of all of those things well in advance before you go on vacation. You should anyway because the further out you book things, the less expensive it is, especially if you're going to fly somewhere. So it was a difficult time anyhow. <laughs> and when I had initially called all of these customer service departments for these various companies to get a hold of people in a, uh, in any fashion whatsoever, I was expecting horrible waits on the phone. And surprisingly, I didn't have that. It was pretty easy, believe it or not, to get a hold of people. I was elated because all of these had some sort of fee or um, policy about canceling where you could actually end up incurring a fee if you canceled or if you canceled too close to the time of your reservation you get a total loss of your money you all have incurred that before right or you've heard of it you cancel too close you lose all your money you lose your deposit that sort of thing so huh, I was just kind of just a little overwhelmed with everything going on anyhow and I had to make all of these phone calls expecting a whole lot of fees so here's the thing no one charged us a cancellation fee and every single company from car to resort to airline refunded our total money that we had put down and some of these things we had paid for in full in advance they refunded our, all of our money due to the extenuating circumstances. And I never asked them to do that. It was such a blessing. I was touched by so many of the people on the phone. And by the way, because it's not often, really, when I call somewhere, especially these days, and the customer service people, different accents, different states, maybe even some of them out of country working for a service that contracts them out to different organizations, uh, whatever the, the situation was, the many variations of customer service across these many companies, they were all so kind. They were gracious. Most of them actually said to us, we will be praying for you and your husband. I got off the phone with some of them just 
crying. It, I was in an emotional state anyhow, but their kindness was just especially in today's day and age where people don't say in general things like I'll be praying for you or bless you or, or we'll keep you in our thoughts and prayers unless you're in the Bible Belt. And that's quite often <laughs> that that happens, but not from a major corporation. And a lot of them have it against their policy to say things like that. So I was really surprised. And they certainly don't say, well, we will add you to our company prayer list and pray for you this week. Yes, that happened. I'm like, what? That was from the resort we were going to be staying at. And that was amazing to me. So I was elated over all of that and that I didn't have to wait very long on the phone. I was touched. However, <laughs> here's where the actual waiting came in. The car rental company we had secured a car with, as nice as they were and as kind as they were, did not actually refund our money like they said they were going to. I ended up having to call, I believe it was nine times in a six-week period because they had not yet refunded our money. Now, we were on a contract that assured us in the first place that if we canceled by a certain date, we would get a full refund minus a $50 fee. And they said they would waive the fee due to the circumstances, which I didn't even ask them for that. They were just so kind. They just offered it. Uh, and I was again, touched and very happy. However, they didn't refund our money and it was quite a chunk of money for a car rental. If you haven't rented a car lately, believe me, it's quite expensive, but we had saved and saved and we had some discounts and things like that. So it was worth it to us. So as the weeks went by and I made phone call after phone call to them because the refund I was supposed to get didn't happen. I ended up waiting, always waiting. The time frame. <laughs> And the time frame they kept saying every time I talked to them was, it'll be three to five days from now. Oh, I will make sure it happens. And they always apologized, but it didn't happen. The refund didn't show up. So I kept being disappointed. And then I would have to call back after the five days because it didn't show up. They didn't do what they said they were going to do. And when I did, every time I had to wait in a queue, being put on hold and then being told the regular old customer service person couldn't help me and they would have to forward me on to a manager and I would be put on hold again and have to wait every single time. Having to repeat the same story over and over again. On one of those calls, I think I ended up talking to five different people over and over again. It was maddening. <laughs> I almost ended up in tears over that and not the good feel warm fuzzy kind of tears that I had already had before from dealing with other companies. And then I just realized finally after so many weeks that I had to let it go. I had to let God fix it. So I prayed and I prayed on and off the whole day before this last time that I called them. And when I called, I got a hold of a woman who actually made sense. And instead of referring me on to someone else and going from person to person, waiting in queue and on hold, and, and that person saying, oh, yes, we'll do it. Oh, yes, we'll email you. And oh, yes, just wait three to five business days. And yet getting the feeling it wasn't going to happen, I actually found someone who took care of it. Now, she did say also um, that it could take three to five business days. But she said very confidently, I promise you this will happen. And lo and behold, she kept her promise. Five days later, we had a full refund and no cancellation fee taken out of it. 
So I was elated. And I thank God because it was a huge relief. I thanked her by name, <laughs> um, even though she couldn't hear me because I sure as heck was not going to get back on customer service and wait on hold just so I could thank her. But she knows who she is. And I was very thankful. <laughs> I would guess that I spent, though, during this time, just off the top of my head, a total of 12 hours on the phone waiting with this particular car rental agency. That's the time I waited on hold, as well as the time, you got to add to that, that I get, got bounced from customer service person to customer per service person to manager to after manager. Not to mention the six weeks of waiting that it took till I actually got the refund. So during that time period, I had a little bit of stress going on, <laughs> as you can imagine. On top of, though, some wonderful amazing blessings in the middle of everything. I mean, God just showed up big time as he always does. I mean, he always does. Even if you don't think he will, he shows up. Even if you don't think that he does, he always does. You know, but we're not always in a place where we recognize it or we want to acknowledge him for it because we're kind of caught in our own stuff. Have you ever been there where you're, you're caught in your own brain, in your own stress? And so you can't see beyond your own stuff to see him being right there in the middle of your situation with you. That's part of the challenge of life, right? To see beyond the aggravation and the anger and the fear and the worry or the pain to see what God has for us in the moment and to see where he's pointing us and directing us like I should have done from the very beginning. I should have just prayed and said, God, I need you to fix this. I need you to take care of this. I didn't initially do that. Not for weeks. Instead, I thought, okay, no, I'm going to do this. I got it. I'll, I'll get it taken care of. It made me feel better in some sense to, to just have something to do that I could actually control through all of this, something that I could actually have some input on and feel like I could make a difference or make some headway. Because when it came to my husband's health and what was going on with him, it was totally out of my control. There was nothing I could do to help him except be there and pray for him, which in itself is huge and a lot. In fact, praying is the most important thing we can do. But at the same time, I couldn't take away the health issue, even when I prayed. Only God could do that. Only God could help him and, and point to what was wrong and, and give us a plan of healing. So what did I do? I wrapped myself all up in, in this getting aggravated and then waiting, getting aggravated again, and then waiting some more, all the while thinking somehow I would feel better if I controlled something and I worked on getting this refund. But all along, it didn't make me feel any better. And in fact, it added more stress to my life. Had I been just laying it all out at God's feet and asking him to fix it in the first place and having faith that he would do it, things would have gone much more smoothly. And I needed to ask him to intervene, but I didn't for weeks and weeks. Asking him to help me get in touch with the right person and make it stick is finally what happened. But I had to pray for it. I prayed for God to fix it and make that refund uh, process actually happen and make the person make some sense. <laughs> and she finally did because I believe God intervened. Sometimes it 
really does come down to just asking for the right thing. Sometimes we're asking for something, but it's not really what we need. And God knows that. But he's also waiting for you to be faithful and to step out in faith and tell him. For you to get to the core of what's going on inside you and pour it out to him. And then he acts. He does something. You know, I've heard in more than at more than one time in my life, people say, watch what you pray for or watch what you ask for. And oh, it's so very true because sometimes God will give us exactly what we pray for, <laughs> exactly what we ask for. And then we later find out exactly what that meant. And we find ourselves saying, uh, wait a minute, that's not really what I meant, God. That's not how I thought it was going to go. Well, he's not trying to trick us. He's not trying to trip us up, but he is wanting us to have a greater understanding of who we are in him and what our needs are versus what our wants are so that we're praying in the right way to him. He's wanting us to have a greater realization of self because without a greater realization of self, we cannot die to self. We cannot put our true self behind us to put God first and before us if we don't even know who self is. If we don't know who we are, then we can't die to ourselves. And that's part of what we're called to do. You know, Philippians 1.21 says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's Paul saying that if he lives, he will point everyone to Christ by his actions and by the way he lives. But if he dies, there will still be gain because even in his death, he will have died to the selfishness of this life and sacrificed himself and all he had to point everything to Christ. And people will still be witnessing something amazing if he's dying for this cause of Christ. And we're supposed to be that way too. We're supposed to stop putting ourselves first or our supposed needs and wants first, trying to control things. We're supposed to seek Christ in everything, to die to our need to control things and die to our need to get things done and, and understand everything ASAP. We have to die to that desire to, to be controlling. You know, First Peter 2, 4 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. And if you would, if we would actually embrace this truth, that Jesus put himself on that tree, on that cross for us, so we could die to sin and not be a slave to it, that in the end we would be healed, then wow! We wouldn't have to run around feeling like we had to control things, would we? Because if we would remember this, then we know that no matter what, he's got us. I should know this. I do know this. I don't question it on a daily basis. I know he takes care of all our needs. But nope, there I was acting like the Christ who died for me and put himself on that tree for me and for you and for her and for him and for them, that, that he couldn't handle the car, car rental issue. Only I could do that. Ugh. It's one of those things I looked back on later and I thought, oh, Karen, ye of little faith and ye who is filled with loads of control issues. Isn't it funny how we forget? And I don't mean funny, haha. It's just peculiar how we forget that he did so much for us and that he has so much power and so much love and grace 
to help us and wants to, but we don't ask him. We put ourselves and our needs first instead of dying to self. And, and we act like he can't intervene or like, well, we're, we're not important enough for him to intervene. And that is not what the word says we should do. And that is not how he feels about us. But, but, you know, in all the waiting that I did, these were some of the things that I, I figured out and some of the things that I learned and, and, and relearned actually, because I've learned some of this in the past already, but I forgot it. And aren't we like that too? We remember only when we have to remember or when something triggers that memory of what we already learned, something we learned that was so essential when we first learned it, but then we easily put it out of our minds and out of our daily practice. Oh, that's how the human brain works. All of us don't have the sharpest memory in the world. And as we get older, or we have stress, or maybe health health issues happen, or we're not getting enough vitamins or supplements, or food or sleep, th then our memory gets worse. So we have to be aware that sometimes God is going to remind us of these lessons. In, and he'll do it in an everyday way or through circumstances and challenges in life like he does with me. And that's what happened with me in the middle of my waiting. It's the same reason that we have to study the Bible all our lives, because we forget it, because we forget the lessons in it, and we couldn't see the truth in the middle of what we're going through. We didn't see the lessons in the first place, so we have to learn them when our minds are open and our hearts are open, our, our, our spirits are thirsty for him. Because oftentimes that comes in the waiting. That comes when we're stressed or hurting, scared or worried, waiting. It has to come, this learning and relearning has to come when we're willing to kill the flesh, so to speak. So we're not stuck in the flesh and in our own worldly desires and can understand the true meaning of his word and how it applies to our lives. And understand the fullness of how it affects us and what God's telling us or what he's sharing with us and what he's teaching us or what he wants from us in that moment and in those circumstances. That's why we have to continue to study the Bible. And when, when do you think is a good time to study the Bible? In the waiting. In, in whatever it is we're waiting on. That's a good time to study the Bible. And it's a good time to talk to God in the waiting. So in all this waiting talk, I researched, as you know, I would, if you know me and if you listen to this podcast at all, <laughs> very much, you knew I would research something. So I researched statistics on waiting and I found a blog called the blog of logistics. Now, these are stats from back in 2017. So you can imagine that there will be a little bit of a deviation from 2017 to, to stats that would happen now. And I'm guessing, though, that these numbers are a little bit low compared to what they would be now in today's day and age. But in this blog, it stated the following. According to a Timex survey, that's Timex, the, the watch company, which I think is pretty funny, savvy Timex timekeepers doing a survey on time. <clears throat> Anyhow, Timex found that Americans wait on average of 20 minutes a day for a bus or train or cab, or today would be Uber. Uh, they wait 32 minutes 
whenever they visit a doctor. That's on average. I know it's going to be some less, some more. They wait 28 minutes in security lines when they travel. 21 minutes for a significant other to get ready to go out. 13 hours annually waiting on hold for a customer service person. Well, let me just say, I beat that score right there. Um, <laughs> 38 hours each year sitting in traffic. And those who are living in big cities wait in traffic more than 50 hours annually. And about 37 billion hours each year, Americans wait in line somewhere. They wait in line, whether it's to check out a book, to, to at a retail store, to, to food lines, to, I don't know, just lines, waiting in line. Human beings spend approximately six months of their lives waiting in line for things. It means like three days a year of just queuing up. The average person spends about 43 days on hold with automated customer service, 43 days on hold in our lifetime <laughs> with automated customer service. And those who take the bus will wait about 27 days of their lives on a platform or at a bus stop. That's a lot of waiting we do. I think about these statistics and about how much time we wait in our lives. And I have to ask, what are you doing in the waiting? Do you know what you're waiting for? When I was on the phone with the rental company, I was waiting to reach someone who could help me. We kind of do that a little bit every day, don't we? We're waiting around for God to help us usually. We're waiting for God to save us, even though he's already saved us due to the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. But we're also waiting for him to save us day in and day out from whatever mess we're in or whatever conundrum we find ourselves caught up in or whatever decision we can't decide upon. Maybe whatever sticky situation or stress we feel we're in need of help from, we're, we're waiting and we're, we're maybe we're waiting for him to heal us from sickness or to rescue us from a mental health issue or to point us in a direction that we need to go because we're confused. And I think for most of us who belong to the Lord, we love the Lord with all our hearts and souls and we're waiting for him to return. I'm definitely waiting for him to return. Are you? If so, what are we doing in the waiting? What are you doing in the waiting? When I was on the phone waiting for someone to help me with this customer service car rental issue, I did all kinds of things in the waiting. I swept floors. I did the dishes. <laughs> I did some work that I needed to do for my job, even though it was after hours, I, I balanced the checkbook. I went outside and watered plants. I slept. I folded the clothes. I drew, I drew nasty little pictures of faces that I wanted to make at the actual customer service person. That's what I doodled on my pad of paper. If I could ever see that person, this is the face I wanted to make to them. There were a lot of things I did while I waited. Those were things that just kind of whiled away the time. They weren't all necessities. They weren't important. Yeah, I needed to do the dishes and clean the house and fold the clothes, but I didn't need to draw faces on my pad of paper. I didn't need to check my Facebook, which I did as well. But I realized later that I could have done something so much more important. I could have been praying. I could have been reading my Bible. I could have been doing something more productive, but I was caught up in my own stuff, like I said earlier. 
I was caught up in the aggravation, the feeling superior to, to these stupid customer service people. Uh, I mean, who to no fault of their own, as I realized, couldn't have overridden the computer system. <laughs> but I sat in my own poor mindset rather than praying. And then I sat in the the doubt instead of having faith in the midst of seeking God to fix it for me. I, instead of asking him to smooth it out all out for me, I just sat in my own pity. You know, on a day-to-day -day basis, what are you doing in the waiting? And more importantly, what do you think you're supposed to be doing in the waiting? <laughs> do they match up or do those two things match up? For me, I've learned over the last few years that there's so much more I can do in the waiting than I thought I could do. I don't have to stay stifled or sit in fear or dread. I can take action in the waiting. I didn't do it this time. I regret that. You know, I don't hold on to those things because I know God understands. I had to, I had to relearn something here. But even in that action of the waiting, I could have opened his word and read. Maybe that action in the waiting that I should have been doing was praying. Maybe that action is opening my heart and my spirit to listen to the Lord. I could have listened or, or, or studied the Bible more to find out what direction God wants me to go in just everyday life. I could have done that in the waiting. Maybe the action I should have done was being of service to someone else in the waiting. What about now? I'm still waiting. I'm waiting for the Lord to return. I'm waiting for guidance and direction on various things. And maybe an action that I need to take is stepping out in a direction with my life that helps me to minister to someone else in a way that I haven't thought of yet. But God will show me if I ask him. Maybe in the waiting for a full on, you know, Sometimes this is what I feel like I'm waiting for a full on huge neon sign that says, Karen, go this way, go this way. Uh, but maybe in that waiting, if you're waiting like that too, God wants you to do whatever you can to help others, even if it's small steps that you take while you're waiting for his big direction for your life. So I ask again, what are you doing in the waiting? What does the Bible say we should be doing in the waiting, by the way? Isaiah forty thirty one says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Do you believe this? I do. I have lived it. I have lived not waiting on the Lord as well. But instead going around trying to control everything and do my own thing. And focusing on the worldly stuff more than the heavenly stuff. And what did it do? Did it renew my strength? Did it make me rejuvenated? No, it, it didn't. <laughs> it exhausted me and it wore me out and it made me weary. You see, the word waiting actually means, literally means, to stay in place in expectation of. To stay in place in expectation of. So did you get that? In expectation of. That means we have to have faith if we are to wait, we are to stay in place with hope and faith, the expectation of what is to come, not the dread or the worry, but the expectation. It can also mean to hold back expectantly, as well as to wait expectantly. And I think 
The Lord is waiting, is he not? He is waiting for the time to be ripe for his return. Sometimes he waits on us to acknowledge him, to come to him, to accept him, to defer to him, to seek him, to pour out to him. He's waiting for those things as well, expectantly. Sometimes he holds back or maybe he puts a, a, a hand of, of refrain on letting things happen or letting you move this way or that because he sees what's coming up ahead. You don't see it. And so he's protecting you. And yes, you have free will so you can go do whatever you want to do. But he's waiting for you to seek him for his direction as to which way to go and in the timing of it. You see, the Lord only wants what's good for us now and in the waiting in the future and in the waiting that will come after that in the waiting in lines in traffic lanes on hold on the phone in every area of our lives he wants us to wait with hopeful expectation with faith that's so grounded in him and in his truth that we don't have to while away the time to do inane things to keep our brains from getting into trouble he is waiting for us to make the right choices while we wait patiently, expectantly, hopefully for his return. The Bible tells us straight up in Titus two eleven through 18 how we are to wait. It says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, which is the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own eager to do what is good. So my challenge to you is this. My challenge is for you to embrace Titus 2, 11 through 18. Read it. That's Titus 2, 11 through 18. Read it. Pray about it. Ask God to show you how to be this kind of child, to know what you're waiting for, his return, and to know how he calls you to live and what to do in the waiting to seek his guidance to what he specifically is calling you individually to do in the waiting. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Woman Inspired Podcast. Don't forget to hop on out to womaninspired.com and check out all of the details. And I pray that you have a blessed week to come.